PSU Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about things people love to hate and hate to love. And I'm Shelby, and I'm here with Matt. Yes, we are back again, talking about all of the pop culture happenings from the last week. Uh, now we're back on a regular schedule, so there's actual things from this week that we can talk about. Whereas the rest of the summer, we, we were you- just like... <laughs> pulling things from all over the place yeah so this will be timely this will be relevant this will be hot topics for anyone talking about anything water cooler moments if you will yes yes go to your water cooler stand there (laughs) be armed with these facts and just harass people who are there to fill up their tea cup or whatever (laughs) exactly uh but before we get started we have a review this week, which is Yay! a rather good review, I must say. This is one of oh. my favorites, I think, so far. Oh, no. Okay. So it's from Leah the Great, and she says, Such a fun podcast. I originally started listening because I love Shelby's other podcast, Swiftish. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I would like Matt as well, but I am ashamed to admit I end up agreeing with him most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least he, she's ashamed. (laughs) You don't have to feel shame, Leah. This is a perfectly natural (laughs) feeling to have that I know more of what I'm talking about than Shelby does. That's clearly the state of the world. It's a a chance for self-reflection, a chance to examine the why at the root of it all and maybe course correct, you know? This is this bodes well for us because we're having a crossover <laughs> episode next week where we're talking about Taylor Swift's new album. Shelby's yes. other podcast co-host, Ashley, will be joining mm-hmm. us on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, mm-hmm. a lot of Swiftish people will be listening, and then they'll all come to realize that I was the smart one all along. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I think the loyalty of the Swiftum will always be with Taylor Swift. So if you want to woo said Swifties, it would probably be best to uh, keep an open mind and a and a you know a kind spirit in your review of Taylor's new album. Just just FYI, just saying. That. I'm an objective critic. Oh, I'm not okay. going to be okay. swayed by the masses. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've liked. Are you a soft? one out of four on the singles so far or or did you like you need to calm down i can't remember uh no i think i'm a one out of four okay okay. i definitely did anybody like me (laughs) no um you need to calm down the song was okay the music video left me confused and (laughs) searching for answers archer i thought was not a good song but i did really like lover so ah well that's a win you know, that's good. The best yeah. is yet to come, usually, if if Taylor sticks to her um, usual antics of keeping the best stuff on the album instead of his promo singles. I have a lot of questions about this, about uh, Taylor Swift and conversations I've had with other people recently, but I'm going to, I'm trying to save oh, okay. all of that okay, for yeah, our yeah, episode yeah. next week. Yeah. Keep it in your but... Notes. If you have comments about Taylor Swift, about me, about Shelby, about (laughs) anything, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be fantastic. We are trying to get to a hundred reviews. We are Mm -hmm, slowly marching mm -hmm. our way there. Yeah, we all have goals, you know, and and 2019 is coming to an end. So you're you're our only hope. 
Yes. I was just going to say, we are also on social media on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at PS You're Wrong. And you can always leave us a kind note, email, or question at our Gmail account at PS You're Wrong at gmail.com. Or you could leave an unkind note if you want to. Just <sighs> yeah. cuss us out on the email. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm open to it. <laughs> I guess I'll let Matt field those ones. I'm a little sensitive. So the nicer, the better, please. But I am excited about this week. I think there's some some good stories that'll really put a a line in the sand of, uh, of our listeners and what they care about. Yes. Starting with breaking news. <laughs> okay. Is Hermione or are Hermione and Draco Malfoy dating? Because <laughs> apparently... Tom Felton and Emma Watson have both posted pictures recently. They're on some kind of vacation together in South Africa. What? And they posted like beach pictures and people are speculating, are they a couple or not? They've no. been friends for a long time. And the pictures are kind of cutesy. So OMG! I am obsessed with this story. I have not encountered this. And now I have to like go see it for myself. This is like Oh, my word. My husband and I are re-listening to all of Harry Potter audiobooks, which are a treasure and should always be revisited. But Preach. Yeah. Tom Felton was like my crush in all those movies. I'm a Slytherin, so it makes sense in a way. But I'm so happy for them. <laughs> I know. Hermione would have been such a good Slytherin as well. Yeah. Like us. It really, you know. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. them playing the guitar together this is so cute (laughs) and she posted a picture of her in like a jeep that said something like (sighs) old friends take the best pictures or something i don't know it it's all very semi-romantic so i'm here for it fingers crossed that just made my whole day i'm like shipping them so hard and i've only known about this for 32 seconds so (laughs) It's, it's, it's exciting stuff. And that's why you come here to listen to the podcast to get this hot, breaking, probably not true gossip straight off the internet. <laughs> but a girl can dream. Um, that is amazing. I'm really rooting for them. You know, I, I was were either of them dating someone else though like that's i feel like i remember emma watson being in a relationship but she definitely was at some point i don't know if she currently is <laughs> she's one of those classic like dates non-famous oh, people yeah, so it's yeah, hard yeah. to gauge like is she still with somebody or isn't she right oh well um i have a, a sad love story to touch base on um we talked about it last week. The Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth broke up. But there's yes. a new wrinkle in the story because Miley Cyrus came out with a song called um, Slide Away. And it seems to address their relationship. I mean, it's the opening verse is like, move on. We're not 17. I'm not who I used to be. You say everything's changed. You're right. We're grown now, which is definitely alluding to their relationship because they met when they were, you know, teenagers on that weird movie no one saw and have been on and off again since then. But there were also all these like, you know, sources say sort of stories throughout the week that were like, you know, Miley gets the this like idea, this image of being the problem child in the relationship and being like edgy and too extreme and out there. But there's rumors that Liam Hemsworth is the problem. He's the he's 
been dealing with a lot of um, uh, drinking and drugs. And she said her sources say that Miley really wanted therapy and she really wanted to work on it. But Liam's lifestyle was like too much for even her to keep up with, which is just so surprising to me. And then in this song, which the artwork is floating bottles of booze and pills in a pool, (laughs) she's like, she sings, I want my house in the hills, don't want the whiskey and pills. I don't give up easily, but I don't think I'm down. So people think she kind of outed him as like, um, maybe worse off than we sometimes get a glimpse of in their relationship. And I don't know, it's just very juicy to me. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I did not, I haven't listened to this song and I wasn't really following this story that closely. Do we think that that's true? That he, (laughs) like, he he seems very normal to me. She's crazy. (laughs) But, but, but she was like, she went through a very weird phase. Right. They met when she was sort of like, you know, still Hannah Montana ish. And then she went like on the wrecking ball off the deep end portion of her life but i feel like she got it back together again in the past i don't know few years and then they got married and i thought oh okay they're in the clear Mm -hmm, so it is mm -hmm. interesting that they would be breaking up now so maybe it does go back to them or him having some more issues than we know about yeah i mean i think everyone was on the same page as you where it's like miley's the one who's out and proud about like her marijuana usage and she did go through like a clear like renaissance with Malibu last album where she was like oh I was relying too much on drugs and now I'm like cleansed my spirit and my soul but I mean I definitely think Liam Hemsworth if he was with Miley Cyrus for so long has to be a little bit kooky and weird too you know and like obviously (laughs) like some of that stuff so maybe their paths just diverged in a strange way and 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 Miley needed or recognized that she didn't necessarily want that lifestyle anymore. I don't know. But Liam Hemsworth, for his part, has been like, I don't want to say anything. We wish you the best and all this stuff. And now sources are saying that they didn't announce their divorce. They said they were separating. So there's like this undertone of maybe they'll make it work or something. But she was out gallivanting with her new like best friend <laughs> F buddy um, with her mom. So so who knows how those things are going to go. Uh, according to this article that I'm reading on Fox News <laughs> oh, news app, it says that there were also cheating allegations. So a lot of stuff going on in this relationship. We yeah. will have to keep our eyes on the story and bring it back (laughs) into the spotlight if we learn more other than from weird sources. Um, A story that I found very fascinating. We can't go a week without some frigging story about a live action Disney remake. (laughs) And this week we learned that we thought that Harry Styles was going to be in the little mermaid as Mm. Prince Eric. Turns out that he was offered the part and turned it down. A more interesting story, I think, though, is about hashtag boycott Mulan. Have you been following oh, yeah. this story at all? <laughs> not, not closely. So this, the woman who plays Mulan in the movie, her name is Lou Yiffie. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. Anyways, she has come out recently standing with the Hong Kong police in sort of this 
I don't know, debate over whether or not the Hong Kong police are using correct amount of force against protesters. Um, This isn't really a story that I was aware of, but I Mm -hmm. guess in China, there's a lot of people who are protesting the like government oppression of journalists and they've been protesting this in Hong Kong and the police have been using like fairly brutal methods to try to like get them to stop protesting. And then this actress said that she supports the police, which I think sort of would be akin to if some actress came out and was like hashtag blue lives (laughs) matter in the U S that, that to me is like how I'm equating this. And so then all of these people on the internet are like, she's a terrible person. We shouldn't support this movie. Hashtag boycott Mulan. So now there's this big stain on this Disney movie that's coming out. And Disney's trying to like patch it up. And they're trying to get her to like issue statements and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But but it's will this movie do well or not? Will this story even matter? You know, a, six months from now when the film comes out, who knows? But it's... It's very dramatic at the moment. I know. I think it's like, it's sort of interesting to watch Disney navigate this new conglomerate they're running and like, and they are kind of treading waters across, across the globe. And like, there's all that drama. And then they were worried that I don't remember the name of the movie, but they're just kind of, there's whispers that they're worried. Some of these movies that they've sort of adopted from these mergers they've done, they're sort of worried it doesn't fit with the Disney brand. And so people are starting to get nervous of like, does Disney care too much about its image? Like how will it handle these sort of, microscopic dramas that come out of things while being Disney, you know, the family friendly, happy go lucky Marvel house. And so like with the Mulan thing, like Mulan is meant to be a drama free, happy Disney remake of a very kid friendly film. And now it's just like waltzed into this political drama that they, they don't really want to deal with. So (laughs) it'll be interesting to see how, how they manage it. I sort of feel like they're just going to ignore it yeah. and and push forward. It is weird, though. I mean, they own Marvel, and there was that whole situation with the um, oh, what's she, James what, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah, and James Gunn, where somebody dug up some old tweets that he had posted, and then they decided that they were going to cancel, or they were not going to cancel the movie, but they fired him, and they were going to get another director. And then there was so much backlash that they ended up bringing him back on and saying that he could direct the third one. So, yeah, it's interesting. They're such a huge company, and they're so tight-fisted mm-hmm. in their running of things that they don't, when something does go wrong like yeah how do they really address that yeah it'll be interesting they'll still make lots of money so i'm not too worried for anyone involved but but it is uh it is unfortunate when they realize they can't control their actors as much as they probably wish they could yes (laughs) yes because actors can do whatever the heck they want (laughs) you know yeah um in musical news um old town road was finally dethroned um little Uh, Nas x's surprise hit has been on the top of the charts for 19 weeks which is unprecedented it's a record like it eviscerated i think mariah carey's previous record hold and it was dethroned by billy eilish's bad guy um, which has been sitting at number two for quite a long time. And it finally just um, just popped up to the number one on the Hot 100. 
it's crazy all of the things that Old Town Road fended off. It yeah. beat out like two Taylor Swift singles, some songs by Drake, like all kinds of different yeah. new Sam Smith, like all kinds of Katie stuff that Perry, you would have thought Ariana. Yeah, could have gotten that number one slot. And then it's weird that it gets stolen by Billie Eilish, who is also sort of like a one hit wonder, yeah. I think. And you want to know what's so alarming is she is the first artist born this century to reach number one. Because she's that young. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm honestly surprised a little bit. I that, know that that there hasn't been someone under 19 who's had a number one. So I mean, like, I mean, that's there's young, a lot of know? musicians younger than that. <laughs> but like, who would even come close to that star power? Like JoJo Siwa, you know, it's like no chance. But but like, how old were the Jonas <laughs> Brothers when they were popular? Well, this deck, this this century. So I don't know how young the youngest was, and they were born in the two thousands. Well, know what well I mean? right, yeah. But I'm saying, like, I'm sure they had, like, they had big hits when they were, you know, like fifteen, sixteen years old. I'm surprised that it's right, taken right, this right. long to have some. I would have thought if you would have asked me, has someone born <laughs> in the two thousands hit number one on the Billboard? I'd have been like, oh yeah, probably like twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Somebody <laughs> did it. But. No way. I doubt the Jonas Brothers ever had a top a number one hit. Maybe they didn't, but I don't, and I don't <laughs> know. Like, I feel like it's not that surprising that somebody young would have a song. Yeah, like, there's lots of music. Like, how old was Taylor Swift when she was launching those first albums? Yeah, she was young. I don't know if she ever got... I don't know when her first number one was, but... I what? Mean, and you call yourself a fan? <laughs> I just oh don't want to go spouting off Shelby. facts and be called out later. Ugh. But um, I guess it's good news if you were sick of the Old Town Road record and good news if you like Bad Guy. I don't really care either way, so... <laughs> I like Bad Guy, but it's also an old song. So, so I'm not old. that excited that they just switch spots on I the know. charts. Kind of a sad, slow finish to a marathon everyone lost interest in 10 weeks ago. But um, Speaking of pop culture music stories, Katy Perry has been accused of sexual harassment oh, yeah. by two m- new people oh. on top of the man that she... Uh, that on American Idol last year that was auditioning and said that he'd never been kissed and then she forcefully (laughs) kissed him on the show. Oh man, she's a weirdo. So that that brought up some questions, but the actor who starred in the Teenage Dream music video, whose name is John Kloss, Josh Kloss, not related to Carly Kloss, I looked that up, (laughs) and said that they were at some kind of party and she was drunk and pulled his pants down to show everybody at the party his genitals. So that feels to me like a very clear violation oh, yeah. of any kind of code. And then yeah. somebody else came out and said this like Russian journalist and said that while she was interviewing her at some point, she like tried to make out with her and that the <laughs> Russian journalist had to like push her off of off of herself and then Katy Perry was sort of like okay I'm done with you and then like went to try to find somebody else that she could hook up with so yeah Katy Perry making bold choices in the 2000s and they're coming back to haunt her (laughs) at this point I know I feel like Katy Perry's always been like a weirdo for me and it's it's unfortunate and messy and like obviously everyone thinks they can argue over the sides of the story because Katy Perry has not made a statement, correct? I know her friends have come out and said it's not true, but has she herself? I don't believe so. Not that I saw anyways. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's probably the best thing to do because it's like, you know, the Me Too movement isn't just for women. Like men should feel supported in coming out and telling their stories. And like, I totally see how power in both genders can just blur lines for the people like that. You know, Katy Perry's this huge hit. She thinks, oh, like, what's this is funny. I'm drunk. This is fun. Who wouldn't want to hook up with me? And the same things can happen to her that happen to all these other guys who who do less than admirable things. So I guess it's like, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And I think um, people try to weaponize this as saying like, oh, see, women are just as bad as men. And it's like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, congrats. You're right. So I don't know. We'll have to see how that shakes out in her in her career. But there doesn't seem to be the same fervor you get when it's the other way around. No, yeah. And I think the fact that she's branded herself as sort of edgy and that's why right. she was popular to begin with, people are a little bit more like, well, yeah, this is kind of like what we <laughs> expected from her. I don't know if that, it doesn't make it any better, but it's like, right. I don't know. It feels like it's not as shocking as when you heard, right. like, what? Matt Lauer was harassing <laughs> all of the interns at the Today Show. We thought he was a nice He's guy. Locking doors with a button under his desk. Yeah. Ew. (laughs) Well, plus, Katy Perry was married to Russell Brand. And so we just have to remember that as we think about her and her personality, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yikes. And now she's friends with Taylor Swift again. So maybe this will bring down Taylor. They're very close friends. Who knows what, who Taylor's (laughs) grooming and sending on to Katy. Well, because Taylor is a lesbian. So she doesn't have any interest in that, you know? Well, it, the rumor is bisexual. She keeps hinting oh, at the sorry. bisexual flag yes. and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yes. So that's what's going on. But um, did you have any other news for the week, or should we get into I do our, not. love it or hate it? Let's do it. What do you got for us? Okay, so I um, I watched the season three. I watched the entire season three of The Handmaid's Tale, which I know we talked about. I think in our book episode we did um just kind of worried about how they would do when they go off topic for a third season well the second season um the third season of the show and the whole season has been such a hot mess there were two scenes in the entire i think it's 13 arc season that i actually like thought was really powerful and great and sort of reminded me of why season one of The Handmaid's Tale was so great and good. Um, And so I just hated, I hate watched the whole thing. I kept forgetting to watch it. I would catch up and just be sort of bored. It moved so slow. It was so like nonsensical, the things that Elizabeth Moss's character was getting away with, like when she would have been killed because we've seen women get killed for less grievances. Like she was kidnapping kids. She was making all sorts of trouble. She was being sassy to leaders of like the society. And she just kept getting like away with it because they needed her. You know, she had her plot armor on. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this was such a huge mistake. This whole season is a hot mess. They should have had her spoiler alert for those who haven't seen second season. They should have had her escape. And I just like hated it. And then I watched the season finale and I was racked with sobs like I was convulsing with tears and groans and like it was a visceral like physical experience 
finishing this season. And I, I'm like obsessed with that one episode of television. Like I think, I think it course corrected itself enough that I'm actually excited for season four, but as a standalone, it just did such a beautiful and powerful job of like honoring the original story and like the motivations and the characters you got an understanding for in season one and you finally saw it all come together in this like season three closer and so it is like a surprising love it for me like it really the that episode ended up working in such a way that it sort of allowed me to forgive the trash (laughs) dumpster fire that was the rest of the season that is so interesting. <laughs> I feel like my love it is very similar. I I recently <laughs> really? watched Russian Doll. I don't know if you oh, watched that when it I came tried out. I tried to. I couldn't get into it. Yeah, so exactly. It's this comedy that came out on Netflix back, I don't know, uh, like this winter yeah, sometime, yeah. maybe a while ago. And it's eight episodes. It stars Natasha Lyonne, who I think is from Orange is the New Black originally. I never watched that show. And mm-hmm. she plays a woman who is sort of in a Groundhog's Day type loop where she keeps dying on her birthday and then sort of waking back up at her birthday party and having to relive this this evening over and over and over again as she tries to figure out what's going on and why she why this is happening mm-hmm. to her. And the first couple episodes I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is like so boring. I can't get into it. There's like not really any characters in it yeah. aside for her. She's like wandering around New York at night, which is sort of interesting to me because I live here, but otherwise <laughs> uh, unexciting. But about halfway through, you learn that there's another character, a guy who is going through the same thing where he keeps dying and coming back to life. And so the whole of episode four is like, is everything from his perspective. Mm -hmm. And then the, and then the last half of the show is really like the two of them sort of like working together to figure things out. And I loved the last half of the season. I like couldn't stop watching it. The finale was so good. And, and it was nominated for a bunch of Emmys. So that's why I watched it. But I would definitely recommend it to people and say, like, if you are one of those people who started watching it and only watched the first couple episodes and didn't really give it the Mm -hmm. time of day, like, you should at least push through to the, I think it's the fourth episode where the guy shows up because (laughs) I think things really, like, take off a lot there. But it's weird that they would, that both of these shows would kind of write themselves so that... They have such a strong ending, but it's like you're going to lose so many people in the buildup to it. Yeah, I've heard good things about Russian Doll, and it's always like on my list to go back to. So I should give it a try again. (laughs) And the nice thing is like Fleabag, it's like it's only eight episodes and they're all a half hour. So it's really it's really quick to get through. I feel like I'm in my Emmy prep. I'm like going through stuff in how long is it going to take me to watch? (laughs) Like I watched Chernobyl this weekend because that's only five episodes. I was like, okay, I can pound this out. And then I have like Succession and the second season of Killing Eve and Fosse Verdon sort of like hanging there like, okay, I (laughs) should watch these, but they're all like 10 episodes long and that's so much time. It's a commitment. I know. Yeah. But it's crazy because at a certain point, I thought, oh my gosh, 13 episodes, that's nothing. When you're used to network (laughs) television where a season has 22 episodes. Now the thought of watching anything that has 22 episodes, I'm like, oh my gosh, no, I'd rather just die than have to sit through that. (laughs) Like... Oh, it's rarely worth it. You can tell the story much quicker than that. The Handmaid's Tale season three should have been like four episodes, but 
like I said, the finale was just so good. And honestly, you could probably just skip to it because the rest of the season was nothing. And that's my hot take. Shelby's unified theory of television. <laughs> There's always like yeah. two episodes you should watch and then the rest just like skip it. Exactly. Game of Thrones is really like three episodes you that you need to watch in the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, we didn't even talk about how George R.R. R. Martin said that the that the series was bad for his books and I didn't read the rest of it, but I thought you would cover it. So thanks for Well, yeah, us. I mean... I've I've fully given up on George R. R. Martin. He's like, well, if the TV show hadn't existed, I would have got these books done faster. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure, George, whatever. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're old. They're not coming out. Yeah. I don't care what you have to say about it at this point. So, uh, well, more to talk about for the Emmy season once that once we see how that shakes out. Yes, we have so much. Uh, later episode foreshadowing we're talking about the taylor swift's episode we're talking about our emmy episode (laughs) all kinds of movies coming out but this thursday we are talking about good boys the hard r children's comedy that came out this weekend (laughs) and i have lots of lots of takes on this so i'll be excited to talk to you about it yeah something to look forward to and in the meantime you can find us find us on social media um we're at ps you're wrong on twitter instagram facebook and gmail so or you could leave us a review at apple Podcasts, which would be great um so please do that if you haven't already otherwise we will see you on thursday bye everybody bye